Today's episode is brought to you in part by the fine folks down at Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on their website for the latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 175 bucks. Visit Drift Outfitters com to learn more driftoutfitters.com Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is uh, November and we are back recording another episode. Uh, we've got myself, Mitch. We've got Aldo. Hello, everybody. And we've got Yelma. Hi. And uh, really excited to be chatting today with a guest all the way from the East Coast of Canada. We've got uh, Sarah Penny, who is a Cape Bretoner, uh, originally from North Sydney, now living in Inganish, Nova Scotia, on the world-famous Cabot Trail. Uh, Sarah's had a deep love for animals and the environment for as long as she can remember, which led her to study biology at Cape Breton University. Uh, after finishing school, Sarah spent about five years as a project coordinator at a small environmental nonprofit organization in Sydney, Nova Scotia. There, she worked on a variety of projects, ranging from bat monitoring to river restoration, uh, through this work, she found her calling in conservation and ecological restoration. Currently, Sarah's a resource manager, a resource management officer at Cape Breton Highlands National Park. Uh, her main role is a coordinator of the Cape Breton Highlands branch of the Atlantic Park Salmon Recovery Project, which luckily involves lots of wading in streams, counting fish, and enjoying the beautiful scenery of the Highlands in all the seasons. In her spare time, she loves hiking, kayaking, gardening, and spoiling her senior cats, Oscar and Spooky. Today, she's <laughs> on SoFly to discuss the Clyburn Salmon River. Sorry. Sorry, Clyburn Salmon Recovery Project at Cape Breton. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We're really stoked to chat about this uh, this project because it was something that I don't know about Aldo and Yelma. I, I've never heard of this project, but um, just reading the the overview of it, it sounds really amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited and honored to be part of it. Actually, we've been on the go for a couple of years, and I've been in it since the the very beginning of the Cape Breton Highlands branch. So. It's, uh, amazing, amazing. Okay, awesome. well, we're going to definitely chat about it all today. Before we get into it, how's the weather over there? It's like winter in Ontario right now, like just came out of nowhere. Yeah, it is winter yeah. here as well. We just got our first serious-ish snowfall last night, so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's about yeah, time. It's, uh, yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like uh, we didn't have much of a fall, though, here. Like, I don't even, it I was mean, like we didn't have 20 a fall. degrees, it was like <laughs> yeah. 25, I was like in t-shirts on patios yeah. for the yeah. most part. I don't know if that was what Cape Breton was like. Same thing, yep. Yeah, lulled into yeah. a well, false <laughs> sense of security, and then <laughs> winter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, okay, before we talk about the project and all that stuff, do you you fly fish? I guess we asked this before the show. You don't fly fish, but you enjoy the outdoors. Yes. and you enjoy animals. So, like, just tell us a little bit about that. Like, when did your passion for the outdoors kind of kick off? Sure. So I I feel like it was before I can even remember. Like I, I think I learned how to swim by my mom just taking me to the Bredore Lake and putting me in the lake. Um, you yeah. do swimming <laughs> lessons later on, but I kind of already knew how to swim somehow. So I've been outdoors. Uh, one of those kids that would just go out, you know, in the morning and come back, eat, and go back, and then you know, by the time it was getting dark, there was someone hollering out the door for me. So, um, yeah. yeah, since I was since I was really little. Um, 
And uh, even though I don't fish with a fishing rod, I do fish with an electro fisher, which I'm sure we'll probably get yep. into <laughs> at some point during yeah. this conversation. But uh, yeah, totally, my yeah. love of fish kind of kicked in a little bit later in life. I, you know, was really enjoyed plants and, uh, you know, bird watching and picking up caterpillars and bringing home leeches in a bucket for my mom, which she really appreciated, was one of my favorite childhood activities. So it sort of runs the gamut okay. from creepy crawlies all the way up to fluffy cats. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. Crayfish was mine. Nice. That was my yeah. quiver. Yes. <laughs> in a love bucket. those pictures. Cray- uh, yeah, Crayfish I would bring, in a bucket? Yeah. Like a really small bucket that they can't really survive in and bring it to my mom. I'm like, here, I got crayfish. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, <laughs> this was last year. <laughs> oh, Yelma loves those outdoors. <laughs> I used to, I will say, I also used to like uh, pick caterpillars up in the uh, in the backyard too. It was a nice. weird, weird, weird obsession with, with caterpillars. Um, <laughs> so you're from, born, raised Cape Breton? Yes, that's right. I was, awesome. Uh, lived away for a few years. That's sort of a rite of passage for um, a lot of East right. Coasters. But uh, yeah, I've been in mm-hmm. Cape Breton most of my life. And North uh, Sydney, is that like, uh, like where where is that exactly? Like it must be a pretty wild rural kind of place, eh? Like North Sydney. North Sydney is pretty urban. It's the, if you, oh. it's the, the pathway to the Newfoundland <laughs> Ferry. Inganish, well, on the go. other hand, <laughs> a little bit more That's more, more rural. kind of out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right okay. on the border of the, of the National Park. Um, Pretty small community, a little bit bigger in the summertime when the seasonal folks are around. But in the winter, there's a pizza place that's open like 12 hours a week. Um, But you know what? As long as you don't mind like that, you don't need to be out, Mm I don't know, shopping, whatever people do. If you'd like to be outdoors, hiking and (laughs) fishing and looking at moose and things, it's perfect. Yeah, hell yeah. For me, it's it's great. On the Cabot Trail, too. Dang. If you want to shop, go to Halifax, you know? Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. Um, (laughs) For uh, those who might not know, uh, you know, uh, what is Cape Breton? Where is Cape Breton? You know, admittedly, none of us, well, I've never been there. Have you guys been there, Cape Breton? I thought North Sydney was rural. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been. I need to go. I want to go to the Cabot Trail. It's like on the list. You know, you know, we all yeah. need to be better Canadians at, at, yes. at traveling for sure. Yeah. Um, but for maybe those of you who American listeners, yeah. um, what is, what's Cape Breton? What oh. makes it so special? Oh, geez. What is Cape Breton? What a question. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Nova Scotia, if you think of Nova Scotia as sort of the lobster's arm, Cape Breton is the pinchy part right on the end, sort of on the northern okay, yeah. the northern part of the province. No, the pinchy yeah, motion for mm-hmm. listeners. Yeah. Or, or a crayfish. <laughs> if, if you're or a crayfish, yeah. yeah. Crayfish, yeah. <laughs> so it's, uh, it is a, a series of islands with uh, the Bredore Lakes in the center. And this is not truly a lake. It's sort of a two-thirds salt body of water, which is very unique mm-hmm. and interesting. It's a UNESCO mm-hmm. Man in the Biosphere World Heritage Site. And uh, Cape Breton Highlands National Park, where I work, is at the northern end of Cape Breton. So it's kind of, if you think, or your listeners can't see this, but those on YouTube will be able to see. If you hold your hand up in kind of an L shape, Mm -hmm. where your fingers are, that whole top part of the island um, is where the park is. So um, it's uh, Uh, northern part of the the province, northern part of the island of Cape Breton, and it's also... Mm -hmm as you, the name would imply, highlands. So higher elevation, mm. a series of mountains and mm. barrens at the top. 
Um, it's a beautiful place. Uh, you know, in any season, there's something to see. Uh, it's, there's lots of mixed forests. So, you know, in the fall, you get just a rainbow of, of colors, the red maples and yellow larch. It's just, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's a gorgeous place. Seafood is mm -hmm. great. Um, you know, can highly recommend coming to Cape Breton <laughs> to eat things. Uh, and the people are really friendly. <laughs> so, yeah. Everybody says that. And we're a... You know, every Cape Breton you meet yeah. up with your new best friend pretty quick. So, <laughs> yeah, the East Coast has a good rep. You know, like everything that, like all the cliches about it are all great. You know, nice people, good food, beautiful scenery. Like, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Sounds well, great. Yeah, our pals Scott and Kate, Sharon, like nicest people. Mm -hmm. Sorry, nicest people. Hundred percent. Yeah, super super nice. So yeah, I guess it's true. I'm looking at all the movies filmed there. <laughs> filmed in the East Coast. Oh yeah, look yeah. at you go, Elma. Mm -hmm. What do you find? Any good ones? Yeah. Uh, Squanto, A Warrior's Tale, 1994. Oh, very, very interesting, Emma. <laughs> this is adding a lot. <laughs> the Last King of the High Kings. Oh, look at that. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, we'll have to check those out. <laughs> Next. Um, okay, so maybe we talk a little bit now about, it's called Clyburn Brook. Is that how you yes, pronounce it? That's right. Okay, so what what is Clyburn Brook? Like, why is it special? What is this river brook thing? Sure. So uh, Clyburn Brook is on the eastern uh, side of the Cape Breton Highlands National Park. It's located in mm -hmm. the town of Inganish Beach, not to be confused, confused with the beach, Inganish Beach. Um, <laughs> okay. And it is essentially, except for maybe the very, very end, the entire river system is within the park boundary. So it's, it's unique in the respect that the entire watershed is contained within a protected area. Um, you don't see that too much, even in and around the park. Usually the rivers are so big that they cross the boundary and, and parts of them aren't protected. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it starts in the highlands. Um, it's a wetland sort of groundwater fed system. It doesn't have a big lake or a reservoir or anything, which makes it mm -hmm. a pretty flashy bugger when, when you get a rainfall or a snow melt, but keeps mm -hmm. you on your toes. Um, and it used to, back in the day, have a very abundant population of Atlantic salmon. Okay. Um, so okay. This, we're talking a commercial fishery offshore. You know, people, if you talk to people who used to live around the brook, um, people don't anymore mm -hmm. because it's, it's out in the park. But once upon mm -hmm. a time, there were farms and homesteads all around. Um, and people whose ancestors lived there say that you could practically walk down to the brook and, and pick up a salmon with your hands. Like it would just turn Jeez. black oh, at some wow. time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> I know. I would love to see that. It's, yeah. uh, it's not like that anymore, unfortunately. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. The numbers have really I mean, declined. Yeah. As the yeah. name suggests, it's a brook, so I can't imagine it's very wide. So it, it, when it was thriving, it must have been pretty cool to see salmon in such a small water body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even even in the widest parts at the sort of right above the estuary, you know, 20 to 30 meters width is, is about wow. as wide as it gets. And there's some parts that are quite narrow and, and rocky and because it goes up into the highlands there's really steep parts with big boulders and waterfalls and you know of course mm -hmm. it's surrounded by it's in a valley because it's cut into the highlands plateau so mm, yeah. it's this super steep river valley with all these beautiful trees around and um, you know no no buildings or anything to interrupt it's just yeah Jeez, once you get above amazing. the golf course it's just an absolutely beautiful place to be Imagine back in the day, like living on a homestead next to a river like oh that. Oh gosh, the, right? Like that's the dream, you know, like that's the <laughs> fantasy. That'd be insane. Yeah. I can't yeah. even imagine. 
I'm, so what I think, I mean, we all kind of know this, I think like if, if people are listening to this and you know, we know everybody's kind of familiar with some of the threats facing Sam, but what happened to these fish? Where'd they go? Yeah, really good question. Um, so the population started to really, uh, decline in the like late nineties, early two thousands, right around the same time that things were starting to decline everywhere. Um, and we don't totally know why it doesn't seem like it's in the river. The river still does a decent job of producing juveniles. It's, you know, other than things are a little bit warm these days, you know, it's, it's a pretty mm-hmm. healthy system, which you would expect given that it's within a protected area. Um, so we're pretty sure that it's something happening in the ocean. What exactly that okay. is, okay. you know, it, there's lots of speculation know. and options, but I don't think anyone's really pinned it down. Right. Mm-hmm. Are there other fish species in that river? Yeah, there are. So uh, one of my little buddies are brook trout. Uh, there's lots of them. Mm. Um, American eels, also a big fan of American wow. eels. Uh, we Very have... endangered here. Are they? Interesting. Yeah. yeah, in the Great Lakes system, yeah. Yeah, they used to be thriving and now they're not. Oh, wow. Just it's... as an aside. <laughs> yeah, no, good to know. <laughs> they do. They yeah. seem to do pretty good in Clyburn Brook, so hopefully that stays that way and hopefully they come That's back cool, where though, you are. Yeah. 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 Uh, we uh, also get rainbow smelt, um, oh, and the cool. odd Gasparo or alewife. I don't know. Is Gasparo oh, a Cape Bretonism? Cool. <laughs> do you guys I think so. I know alewife. Okay. I know okay. alewife. That's cool. Yeah. Wow, yeah. what a fishery. Like, what a what an amazing little habitat. That's brook trout, Atlantic stuff. It's a very clean brook. Cold. Then, like yeah. The, yeah, yeah, cold, clean, fresh, yeah. Is it dammed anywhere? No. Oh, cool. Nope. Very cool. No, no dams. You can. I, I thought there was a barrier waterfall, but then we went and fished above it, and I found out that was not true. So <laughs> I don't know how oh, far wow. up the barrier, if there was a barrier where it would be, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I okay, so this it. river is same condition it was. Very good habitat, great ecosystem. There's no barriers. Uh, it's protected, mm-hmm. and yet the fish de- have depleted. The stocks of salmon have depleted. Exactly, okay. and as far as we can tell, not the brook trout. So another reason right. why we think it's mm. not something happening in the river. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So is there work being done to kind of understand where the problem, the source of the problem? Like, are, are you are you all looking at the ocean and like doing that kind of research or? Very minimally. So the uh, the park boundary kind of ends at the ordinary high water mark. Um, and then okay, you're into right. fisheries okay. and oceans jurisdiction and, um, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So I mainly focus on the river where I, you know, have access and the ability to make some changes. But okay. uh, we are a partner on a, um, a project that's run by uh, Fisheries and Oceans and the Unamagi Institute of Natural Resources here in Cape Breton. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have been putting acoustic tags into kelp and um, smolt and trying to track where in the ocean they are going um, to cool, see if they're okay. intersecting with you know, potential oil and gas developments or you know, places mm, right. where maybe there's fishing to try to shed, shed some light on the situation. So we tagged 24 smolt this spring um, with some wow. acoustic eggs Cute. to try to help. <laughs> um, but that's been the, both the extent of my ocean work. We're sort of relying on on partners and, you know, yeah. uh, keeping up yeah. on research to, you know, to cover that aspect yeah. of it. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, at least that's cool. You get to do some stuff. And then also, yeah. like you say, tap into the research being done by others. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so what has Cape Breton Highlands National Park, like how have they, have you been helping fix this problem? Because, well, I guess what is the project? You know, you've noticed yeah. there's no salmon, so what are you all doing? Right. 
Yeah, so uh, we we noticed there's no salmon. Uh, we have been doing snorkel surveys since 1985, uh, counting them every November, and, and have just watched the number. Yeah. <laughs> Like I know it's sad, but like that's just fun. <laughs> yeah, no, it is really fun. Yeah, coming face yeah. to face with a salmon and its own turf is a is so quite cool. the experience. Pretty awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, they used to see you know over a hundred you know in the nineteen mm. eighties, and now if we see twenty, that's a banner year. Um, wow, ideally, nice. we'd like to see seventy five. That's sort that's of the so minimum sad. conservation requirement, and it hasn't met that yeah. number since I think nineteen ninety. Um, wow. So. Having seen this decline that that stayed that stayed present, so you know it's possible that a population will fluctuate and it'll dip and it'll come back, but this has been low for mm -hmm. decades now. Um, so mm -hmm. given that, uh, and given our obligation as Parks Canada to try to protect and preserve ecosystems for future generations, it seemed incumbent on us to take some kind of action. So mm -hmm. uh, we looked at what Fundy National Park is doing in their salmon restoration program noticed some success that they were having, and we decided to do a, um, a smolt to adult supplementation project. So basically okay, what that means is I catch the smolt. Um, for those who aren't familiar with these, are your sort of teenaged salmon. They're, they're on their mm -hmm. way out of the river, headed to the ocean. Um, I catch mm -hmm. them and take them to the Dalhousie Aquatron lab in Halifax. And they're raised there in captivity from the smolt stage to uh, maturity to their adult stage. So then we can release them back into the river and give them a chance to spawn. So basically mm. we're skipping the ocean part of their of their life cycle where they seem to okay, be right. having that heavy mortality and you know, they go to the ocean and don't come uh, back. So if we if we avoid yeah. that, then maybe, you know, they'll have a chance to spawn, then it'll increase the number of juveniles that are in the river. Um, that will then grow up to be adults and carry that cycle on um, in the future. Right. That's that's sort of the backbone. And are they are they not making it in that juvenile stage because of just natural element like things that are happening based on the environment, or like why why prevent something that should be happening naturally? Doing it a different way, just yeah, just so it, that I understand. Because yeah, no, totally. It's a good question. Um, we, you know, we, we think pretty hard about intervening in, in the life cycle of an animal, uh, mm. you know, before, mm -hmm. before we take any action like that. Um, yeah, for sure. And the reason that we just chose this model is a couple of reasons. So firstly, it seems like the ocean is, is where the problem is. So, yeah. you know, any population yeah. has some degree of mortality um, and they used to be able to go to the ocean and come back, but they aren't doing that anymore. Uh, we have reason to believe that the issue isn't in the river. Um, so we don't want to, you know, take them out of the river any earlier than we have to. Uh, we found from right. the work that Fundy National Park has been doing that the longer the fish stay in the river and the more exposure they have to natural conditions early in their life cycle, the more fit they are for survival later on. So that's why I say rather than taking them out as a fry or a par, we're waiting until they are themselves leaving the river before we start to intervene. And just taking out mm -hmm. that piece that really seems to be the issue for them and then sending right. them right back into their natural cycle um, you know, as soon as we can. Yeah, yeah, remove the ocean. Yeah. So how, when, is this the first year doing that? No, we're into year four of the project. So we took- Year the, four, okay. Yeah, we took the first ones in 2019. Wow. Okay, right. so have you, have you seen, is it too early to see results or any kind of, it's any kind of, you know, bump from it or? Well, we're, I'm hoping, it's a five-year project. So it's, it's a little okay. bit of a time-bound sort of 
trial uh, situation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, so far, um, we have seen that when we did our, we, okay, let me back up here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. The ultimate result that I would really like to see is that yes. this population sustains itself without, you know, necessarily any, any extra help. So that would mean that the fish go through their entire life cycle. They go to the ocean, they come back uh, in numbers that are above that minimum 75 threshold, if that is continues to be the right number. So the intermediate steps to get there are that we first need to take the fish from captivity, put them in the river, and they live. That seems good. Right. So we've released okay. 80 fish roughly this year. Um, and they mm. settled in nicely. They were hanging out with the fish That's that came back from the ocean. Good. Seems good. Great. Great first step. <laughs> cool. So they weren't like, they didn't get too used to the yeah. you know, being in confinement. And, I don't think and so. They're like, oh, cool they, with yeah. the river. They're not like, we missed the hotel. They're like, this is great. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> no, they seem, they're moving, they move through the system and, and find buddies. It all seems good. Then what I need them to do is successfully spawn and produce right. some juvenile, some fry, par, all of that. I'm really yeah, hoping... Right. Um, that the fish that we released in 2021, that I'll be able to see some offspring from them this year or next year as mm-hmm. fry or par. And then the fish that I released this year, I'd really like to see their juveniles next year and the year after as fry and par. So it uh, it does take a little bit of time <laughs> to, to yeah, cycle sure, through. Yeah. And, no, and for even, sure. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, Are the fish that you reintroduce also acoustic tagged this is going to be a two-part question are they acoustic tagged and do they go back to the like you know if they presuming they don't you know die after they spawn um do they go back to the ocean and have you or is it too close to like too soon to tell that they're going to come back no great question uh so they aren't acoustic tagged but they are pit tagged so this is something about you know the size of a grain of rice um, and it's just in okay. their sort of in their dorsal, um, uh, just beside their dorsal fin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't communicate with buoys or do anything like that. But if I scan it with my pit tag reader, then I can tell Bob from Sally, basically. It gives each fish an individual code. Oh, cool. Okay. So we can see who's Whoa. who, track their growth over time, that kind of business. Yeah. You can have um, friends. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, uh, it doesn't tell me their location. So I, I don't at this point yeah. know... Um, when they go back to the ocean, if they do, right. and then if they go to the ocean, do they come back? I have an antenna, right. and I'm hoping to set up next year that if they just swim over it, it'll mm. hang on their little tag, and then I'll be able to yeah, kind cool of tell idea. how people are moving around the river. Um, but as of right yeah. now, that's a, still a mystery. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, very cool. So, okay, so then, all right, so you've got the, you're, you've got the, you're raising them in the tanks, you got them back in the, you know, hoping that this all starts to take on, mm-hmm. you know, maybe what nature takes over, nature yeah. takes over, um, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to imagine you know, like once you, once you knocked off that the river isn't a problem, you're all, you're almost like, thank God. And also, oh shit. Cause you're like looking <laughs> at the ocean and you're like, oh God, now we got to figure out what's wrong yeah. in the ocean. In the ocean yeah. Not just so much the river. I'm not saying cleaning or changing a river's temperature is an easy task, but yeah. in a way it's, it's, I don't know, at least it's, it's concentrated or, into yeah. the one area. So how do you even area, go about yeah. looking at the ocean being like, okay, how, like, what can we do or how can we 
you know, get uh, a data state, like some sort of a, a data set that can help you save these fish? Yeah, good question. So the ocean is is too big of a problem for one person. Let's put it that way. 100%. <laughs> yeah. The river I can maybe handle. Um, so in terms of data, um, some of the information that we're collecting is, you know, we're continuing to count fish that return from the ocean um, and see, does that increase um, over mm. time as, as we keep doing adult mm. releases? And do fish mm-hmm. leave and come back again? That would be awesome. I really like if they did that. Um, yeah, we're also, <clears throat> we're counting the juveniles. So this is that electrofisher I mentioned before. Uh, we go out and okay. we fish a certain area, capture as many of the of the baby fish as we can, count them, and see does that increase over time. Uh, we're also collecting mm. uh, samples of their caudal fin, like their little tail fin. It grows back. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be fine. Um, I heard about that. Do... <laughs> like clipping the tip or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. What's, exactly. What's his face? I wonder if Alaska said the same thing. Andrew. Oh yeah, Andrew. Andrew, Andrew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's always the next question yes. somebody asks. Like, do they do they miss their tail ah! forever? No. <laughs> They're gonna be okay. Goes back. Yeah. <laughs> but from that sample, we can do some genetic analysis, and we can actually establish, you know, who's their daddy. You know, are these right. the offspring of the fish that we released? <laughs> I'm trying to and prove that they're, you know, that they're reproducing successfully, and that any increase in juveniles we see is a result of our program. And finally, cool. we're counting the smolt that are leaving the river, uh, whether we capture them and take them to captivity or not. So we'll be seeing, uh, looking for an increase there. Um, right. And to your question about the river, so I did lots of stream restoration work uh, when I was at ACAP Cape Breton. That's the little environmental nonprofit that I worked at. So, you know, river restoration cool. has a special place in my heart. And I've been yeah. trying to weasel my way into that since I started this project in 2019. There's always work to be done, right? You know, yeah. Even though it's it's beautiful system, you know, and there's lots of good things about it, it is still subject to climate change, just like everything else in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we do see, you know, temperatures go sky high in the summer. Some places they're over 25 uh-huh. degrees. And that's, Ooh, wow. that is not Jeez. a happy place for, so, you know, temperature sensitive fish like brook trout and Atlantic salmon. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. exactly. what exactly we can do about that, you know, I, I don't have a restoration plan or anything, but... Would I love to put in a digger log and try to make a nice deep pool? Yes, I would. So it's on my radar. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. That's true. I guess there are things you can do because, I mean, climate change is like a whole other thing. I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah, like a big pool in a river. Yeah. So, hurt, right? but are there like things kind of getting in the way of doing that kind of restoration on this specific system? Just uh, time and funding. If I can pull those two yeah. things time together, then I'm all set. Yeah. yeah. You're really yeah. You're, you're really deduce, deducing everything. You're like, you know, okay, that's not it. That's not it. And every year until you figure, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, there's right probably deducing? no one single answer to what's yeah. wrong. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. if yeah. we can tackle as many things as I do have control over as, as possible, then I feel like that maximizes our, our chances of having a positive effect on the overall ecosystem, which is really, you know, what we're after here. The salmon are, you know, yeah. important for their own sake, but they're also part of a bigger a bigger picture. You know, that includes yeah. the, the river and the brook trout and the trees around the river and, uh-huh. you know. Exactly. The whole watershed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. What an and icon I, I, I the Atlantic to... salmon is, you know. For, for the people out there, it wasn't deducing, it was de- deducting. Sorry. It's a, oh, there you go. <laughs> exact we all believe you, you should yeah, just totally. go with it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should have just gone with yeah. it, eh? Yeah, you can just go with it. Good. 
Um, so next year you're going to start seeing or hoping to see results then because he says five-year project, right? Or is it, yeah, yeah that kind of thing? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and it could cool. go longer. We'll just, you know, um, yeah. we've got some encouraging signs ahead of us, I hope. Uh, that'll, you know, give us a reason to, to keep working on Well, how do you feel about it? How do you feel, yeah. like, in your heart? Like, do you think it's <sighs> going to be positive? I think, I really think so. You know, yeah. it's, when we first were ready to bring the fish back and, and release them into the river, it's, you know, it, it's really exciting. But as the person coordinating the project and who's ultimately responsible for the well-being of the fish, it's also, like, completely terrifying. It's like, are they going right. to be yeah. okay? Are they going to have any clue what to do? You know, it, yeah. What happens if I put them in the river and they just have absolutely no, they forget how to be fish, yeah. um, but they, right, didn't, they right. didn't do that. You know, they, for a minute, yeah. uh, we have some great underwater video of them entering down. We put them down a fish <laughs> slide this year. So uh, they went yeah. uh, okay. clunk Fun. and then they kind of like, <laughs> look around a little bit. Like, those. you know, <laughs> it's like, whoa, have to get yeah. their bearings again. <laughs> yeah. But then like, you're oh, this water's it. moving. I don't know about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they really liked it. I don't know. You know, having yeah, a, why not? You know, when you like you spend your whole life in a place and then you leave for a year for university or something and you come back, mm -hmm. or even if you're gone longer, like some things are kind of unfamiliar and you have to relearn a few things, but you never really forget home, right? So I mm -hmm. feel like it's like it's that true. for them. It's 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 ingrained mm -hmm. in them. They yeah, it's kind of amazing, do. Atlantic salmon, you know, like how they just know. But yeah. 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 I like that. Well, hopefully, hopefully things do work out. Is the salmon like? What's the? What are the salmon like? Returns in the rest of Cape Breton? Like, um, is it sort of the same story everywhere? I mean, there's. It's definitely not as abundant as it used to be. Pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, other mm. rivers uh, in the park have seen declines. Um, there are um, other organizations doing monitoring elsewhere on the island, um, and you know, the depending on the year. They either meet their conservation requirement just barely or they miss it by a few fish. No one is, is mm -hmm. you know, has incredible abundance and, you know, catch and retain fishing for, you right. know, everyone, no limits or anything mm -hmm. like that. Everybody's kind of, you know, except for food, social and ceremonial fishing, it's everything's just catch and release, right? There's not enough fish mm -hmm. for everybody to just take home recreationally, unfortunately. So it's... Uh, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Widespread. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, that's, that's good that that's happening. You know, what do you think? Oh, two questions. One, what do you think is causing, I mean, you mentioned it's like probably not any one thing, but what do you, what do you think is causing like these salmon problems in the ocean? Do you have any, do you want to just take a, a hot take <laughs> on it? <laughs> Throw Jeez. yourself out there. A non-scientific hot take yeah. or scientific, you know, whatever. I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but <laughs> no, no, that's all right. I mean, I, I wish I had a really informed opinion to offer you, yeah. right? It's, um, you know, climate change is always the easiest thing to point to because it affects everywhere. And, and, you know, we did have a transatlantic simultaneous decline. So it would seem right. like yeah, exactly. it can't be something as simple as well this river got too hot and therefore all the salmon died everywhere. You know, it's gotta be something yeah. <laughs> a little bit bigger, <laughs> like a right. like climate mm -hmm. change or, but what exactly what thing happened, you know, did an ocean current change, you know, did a, a prey species that was supposed to be in, in, you know, location A is right. now in location B because they're trying to avoid something that changed in the ocean. Like mm -hmm. I, I really don't know. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I never even thought about like their food fish, mm -hmm. like going to different places because they're, habitats are getting messed up so then they go yeah. and then they eat all the salmon like i think about that that's true like 
Yeah. Jeez. I guess there are so many different. And I, my, in my head, I was like, oh, it's commercial overfishing. But it ain't, it ain't that, right? Well, I mean, that can't possibly help. Documented help. fishing. There is fishing in the world that's not right. all documented. That might be part so of I've it. Heard, but I don't, I've heard I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. That's a good point, too. I mean, there's yeah. like, yeah, once you get to the ocean, there's so many things stacked against you as an animal. <laughs> you know, <That's> like. <laughs> It's kind of insane. Like, and, and to your point, when you're just listing a few things, I'm like, oh my god, yeah. yeah like and that doesn't even like that doesn't even cover it. That's not a comprehensive list of all the myriad things that it could possibly be, right? So this is this yeah. is why I stay yeah. in the river, um, away yeah. from the terrifying <laughs> ocean filled with unknown mm-hmm. problems. <laughs> Unknown problems and and yeah. also politics. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do what you can at the river and and try to help those fish at least. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Have any like you 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 know you've mentioned uh, I think it was the fu- uh, you know Fundy you know doing the same type of programming. Have they how far along into their project are they? So Fundy same thing four years. No, they've been going on a long time. Uh, so we started okay. the 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 five year project that um, I'm in is is a regional scale project so it involves cape breton highlands and fundy and grosmorn and kujabuak and terra nova national parks um, and everyone is doing a same so program. Cool. yeah right mm-hmm. it looks a little yeah. different mm-hmm. depending on which park you're in and exactly what the problem is um you know so for example kujabuak is doing more of egg incubating um not so much of the small to adult work um but fundy they, I don't know what happened to them, but they got hit really hard when the initial salmon decline happened, um, you know, back in the 90s. Okay. So mm-hmm. if our population is almost extirpated, you know, they were they, they were essentially gone. Um, they were down to uh, a live gene bank. Um, and this is fish that are just raised continually in captivity just to keep the species alive. Because um, the river just wasn't, wow. and the inner bay of Fundy just wasn't. That's what they got them. to. They got to that point where they only had they had to rely on the fish in the stocked kind of farm. Me, not farm, but you know, like, no, exactly. Uh, well, like, what I can't remember what you called it, but yeah, that's yeah, crazy. the live gene bank, a fancy word for live gene know, bank, nice <laughs> fish in a tank. Yeah, fish the fish bank. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that's crazy. That's that's wild. It is, and and through their interventions, though, they've gotten to the point now where they've actually reestablished a wild population of juveniles. So, I mean, wow. they've had a bit of a circuitous route, you know, they've had to do fry releases and par releases, and now they're into this multi-adult work. Um, but it, it's through yeah. their work that we found that the fish that, you know, like I said before, if they the more exposure they had to wild conditions during their early life stages, the more fit they were later on. So even though it was, right. you know, hard for them to be in, you know, a situation where they basically had no fish in the river, um, you know, we, mm-hmm. we learned a lot through the work that they've done and uh, we're hoping that we right. can learn a lot through this multi-park program too, about, you know, when, when is a good time to intervene? Probably before you have right. no fish left, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, when can you, when in the decline of a species do you start and how light of a touch can you use, um, to, to mm-hmm. get the results that you want? These are, you know, questions that we wouldn't be able to answer if it was just Cape Breton Highlands doing a salmon project. But because right. it's five right, yeah. parks all working together, we might be able to answer some of those bigger questions. Have mm-hmm. five parks ever worked together like this before, to your knowledge? That's a good question. I'm, I'm or sure. Or have there's... like have you ever has there been like cross park collaborations in in uh, in I don't know Parks Canada history? I would say 
I couldn't give you the details of them, but I'm sure there have been. Like there's there's parks out west, right. like Yoho, Kootenai, yeah. that are right next to each other and and you know share borders, and they have you know wandering herds of I don't know caribou, hopefully <laughs> things like that that wander right. through multiple parks. Yeah. So they must be working together, but you know they it would make sense. Yeah, they'd have all those details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's cool. I mean, like all the organizations kind of working together to try to fix this. You know, I mean, it makes sense. Common interest. Yeah. Well, the fish don't um, know we have borders, question. right? Like we made those borders. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. They don't know. Yeah, exactly. they're, just, they're just out there swimming. Yeah. Um, one question I had from earlier that I forgot to ask was you mentioned the bear just again for the, for the brook, you mentioned the minimum was 75 fish. Mm-hmm. Why 75? Why that number? Yeah, so that is a number that we get from a uh, calculation done by DFO uh, in 1992-ish. Basically, Mm -hmm. it's based on uh, how much habitat you have and how many eggs can a fish of a certain size produce and how many juveniles do you need to have a self-sustaining population. So, you know, they've done all the mathematics and all the back research and to to figure out exactly all those all those figures but essentially they've determined that in order to have a population that produces enough juveniles to sustain itself you need 75 adult fish and they look at you know things like what's your ratio of males to females and your ratio of multi-sea winter to you know grills um because that the body size at least for females affects how many eggs they can carry um, so there's there's lots that goes into it, but interestingly, yeah. uh, just a couple yeah, of years ago, um, NASCO figured out that you know considering the amount of declines that we've had since the 90s, you know the number of eggs that you need to produce a single adult is now double what it used to be. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that figure needs a little bit of revision, but you know I'm you know if, yeah. if I need yeah. to put more salmon in the river, you know, happy to do it. <laughs> Happy to do it. Yeah. 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 More the merrier, right? Well, yeah. it's also an interesting like way of going. I mean, you know, like you said, it would be better if you never had to interfere, but it's better than stocking yeah. fish. Yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a different type of intervention as opposed to just like blindly stocking right. fish and taking you know that wild element out of the gene pool, you know, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. We want to mm-hmm. be mindful about what we're doing. Right. You know. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. Protected areas have their own ability to sort of be resilient and, you know, figure things out for themselves because there's sort of minimal other other problems in them. Um, but sometimes things just get to the point where you have to weigh the risks, right? And for us, yeah. you know, yeah, there's there's some risk of intervening, um, but we you know take steps to mitigate those. You know, we do health testing on the fish before we transport them. You know, and we we are monitoring what we're doing to see if the effect is the effect that we want. You know, and if we didn't take action, we might end up in a situation where that that population of fish is extirpated. We may be, you know, yeah. at the point where we have to start a live gene bank and, and really would rather, you know, intervene with lightest possible touch in a mindful way while we still have some wild fish to work with, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then we can do the minimum instead of having to really be heavy handed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, okay, so the project has kicked off. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in year four. You're going to kind of start to, you're going to wrap it up. Why five years? How come you guys are going to wrap it up next it's year? It's just the funding cycle. There's no, oh, I see, right. <laughs> no okay, real good right, biological yeah. reason for that. Luckily, uh, the funding system is flexible. It 
you know, biology is recognized to some degree, but, you know, you can't have people applying for 30-year projects, even though what I love to do is for 30 years, absolutely. But, so know. this might. Yeah, and it seems <laughs> like hard thing to seems like one of the things that to. could use a thirty year yeah. grant. You know, Let's like this hope. type of stuff. Yeah. It's not. I don't. I mean, or, think it's gonna get better overnight. Or no, just no. an infinity grant. It's like, why don't we just <laughs> always have money for Atlantic salmon? Like this is the they're, dream. They're, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, hey, it's like well five years we did it so yeah. no but the, but it's not just it doesn't end five years right like if you have results no. you'll get more funding right no exactly yeah. we just want to see yeah. something yeah, some yeah. encouragement in the five years like that's almost right. no time in in the life cycle of no. the ecosystem for sure right and that's what we yeah. what we're, we're thinking about you know because sure the, like i said the fish are great but they're you know they're also bringing nutrients back with them from the ocean that enriches yeah. the whole river habitat. Mm-hmm. And we want to see that cycle. Yeah, yes. So it's, yeah. it's going to take a minute Ugh. to achieve that. So I'm, I'm so not done yet. We talk a lot. <laughs> we talk yeah, a lot yeah. actually on the show about like the problems facing fisheries. Cause it's like obviously a pretty evident thing these days, you know, with climate change yeah. and all the problems in the ocean and especially with migratory fish like Atlantic's, um, do you ever get discouraged or like, how is your, like, how's your perspective on the whole thing? You know, like what, what do you, how do you feel about where things are going? You know, it's a really good question. It's, you know, I feel like maybe working in a, an environmental nonprofit really teaches you how to have hope because every time you yeah. turn around to somebody is saying, you know, you know, doing that really doesn't matter. And, you know, don't, you know, the world's ending climate change, da, 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 da. What's the point of, you know, doing this? Why don't you just go home and just see what happens and, you know, wash your hands of it. But I know for sure that doing nothing isn't going to work. Right. So yeah. I have the option to sit here and be a witness to destruction and, you know, the loss mm-hmm. of a, a beautiful species and the decline of an ecosystem and, you know, the fracturing of the connection between people who live around the brook and the species that they love. I can do that, sure. Or I can, you know, do my damnedest to try to make a difference, right? I I feel like I am lucky to live in this place, you know, in Inganish and in Cape Breton, this beautiful ecosystem and be surrounded Mm -hmm. by, you know, incredibly smart, dedicated people who also want to help make the world a better place. And I, Mm -hmm. I feel like I owe it to you know, the generations who are going to come after me to try to do something about this, try to repair the damage that we've done as humans to the ecosystem and, and try to restore restore things for their own sake. You know, the fish didn't ask to be subject to whatever is happening to them in the yeah. world. And, you know, if, if I have the ability to help them, I should at least try, <laughs> you know? So, totally. Yeah, 100%. Things have yeah, worked no, before. Yeah, I love that perspective. You know, we've, we've seen... Success yeah. from people coming together and, and making an effort, and I'm I'm hopeful that this is going to be another case of you know you know yeah big hearts and, and good minds all coming together yeah. to Me too. achieve something good. Me too. I feel yeah. I think like there's this weird yeah. thing going around right now, discord in the public discourse where people are just like the world's ending. What can we do? And everybody's just kind of accepting it. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? We have some power. Like, of course you know? there's stuff you should do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those things. And so it's great to see, you know, the, the work that you're doing. And I, I think kind of too, I mean, I, maybe this is just me, but I'm also just kind of hopeful that we're going to kind of figure things out. And I think it's through the stuff that you're doing and other organizations. So, yeah, I mean, I just curious, cause I, I don't live it every day. So I'm like, are you are people like you in these jobs are you like 
eventually just like screw it like i don't people don't care like you know like it must be such a disheartening thing sometimes you know what they don't have to care i do and yeah after we've seen covid have impacted what i'm trying to do we've had you know massive flooding last year that you know the river was three times harder than it should have been and made a whole mess but you just got to pick yourself Mm. up and dust yourself off you know yeah you're right it's for the fish it's for the environment it's not for yeah exactly i feel you it's cool I love it's that. great. It's badass. I really hope that. Uh, I, I, I mean, we're gonna have to do another show. Like, well, we'll have to go out there. Yeah. Yeah. And then do there. a show. We should do a show on the brook and talk yeah. about the brook. Sarah, you're like a, the cool. Cape Breton warrior. Oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> There's yeah. no better compliment for a Cape Bretoner. No idea. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. No, it's cool. And it's it's really interesting. Like, yeah, the Atlantics are one thing, but the brookies and yeah. and um and all the alewife and all the other fish that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Um so is is your kind of gig just focused just on the brook right now or are you doing other stuff as well in the park? So most of my work is luckily for me focused on uh, Atlantic salmon and like on this project and on, okay. on work in the river. Mm, yeah. Um that being said, everybody does a little bit of everything. So um, yeah. you know, each parks Canada administered site um, has a monitoring program so we this is where this snorkel survey that's been going on since 1985 that's where that comes from so we're intended to keep an eye on things to make sure the ecosystem is in good shape Um, and then if it's not you know we we make some kind of intervention so um, you know I also do you know electrofishing and and fish monitoring in other rivers that aren't Clyburn Brook Um, we do a little bit of you know water temperature monitoring Occasionally, I measure tree seedlings, um, flip over pieces of wood and look for salamanders <laughs> to check on the way oh, state yeah. of the forest. Um, yeah. yeah, we all support each other and, and do, you know, all kinds of weird and, and wild activities. So there's mm-hmm. a, a cool job. Can I ask about really the salamanders, cool actually? <laughs> yeah, totally. Such a cool job. Because, cause yeah, I, uh, I mean, I've been to a few places and I, that's what I always do naturally, just to see how they're doing you know um and i don't touch them or whatever i just see that they're underneath the wet logs so if you didn't find them there is it just like a temperature change or like what's why are you looking for the salamanders under the wet logs yeah so we're just in particular specific. we're I looking <laughs> no because you mentioned i just want to know because like i've just been s- <laughs> fucking salamander and welcome question. to salamander no, because yes. you're doing a so fly salamander i'm sorry it'll just be quick quick people i, I just hey, i, I lo- just want to i love salamanders hey man, I love, i'm not hating on salamanders, salamanders over here i'm just they're just they're great yeah. Yeah. yeah why do they like to live under no no logs? that's not that's not that still wasn't my question <laughs> i understand your <laughs> question yeah, but question. don't worry <laughs> thank you so basically, we're, we're in particular, we're looking for red-backed salamanders. These are probably the ones that you're finding in, in your yard. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah. So these guys are super sensitive to, uh, you know, pollutants and, and things in the soil and, you know, uh, changes in, in moisture. And they also live their entire yeah. life cycle on land. So a lot of other salamanders and newt-type creatures have part of their life cycle, at least, in the water, whereas salamanders, the red-backed salamanders don't. So... That gives us a good indication that if something is wrong in their population, like if it's declining, then it's got to be something happening on the forest floor because that's it can't be a lake that is nearby because they don't go on the lake and it can't be up in the trees because that's not really where they are. It might be a pollutant or a change in the temperature and, and moisture regime, which could be an indication of climate change or changes in, you know, rain, water regimes or, or something. But they're a really good indicator of overall forest health, which you wouldn't expect because yes. they're just a tiny little... I know, but I think I think the the reason why I'm so interested is because I think innately I kind of knew that 
but without knowing or without reading up on it, because I would see less and less of them as I got older in the same places. And I'd only find them in like deeper, deeper parts of the boreal forest or wherever, or even up in Algonquin. And like I think it's just because you got taller, Ilma. You got taller. <laughs> no, I still, I still lift up those them. logs. Let me tell you. <laughs> No, Anyways, thank you. Thank you for totally, humoring me for that moment. No, not at all. It actually, it, it totally is applicable, in fact, because, you know, your observations as a person who's just out in the world about salamanders mm-hmm. or citizen else, scientist. Like, exactly. Citizen science. There you go. You know, the people who are out yeah. on the river, whether they're just walking yeah. around, looking around or, or they're angling and catching the fish, they are a hugely important source of information and data about fish populations and you know, that's one of the reasons it's such a shame that we don't have salmon angling on the river anymore because we've lost that, that connection. That was my next question. <laughs> I was going to be, <laughs> that was my next question. Yeah. Do people, is Take there a still a catch and release fishery? Or I guess a better question now that I didn't know the answer to that question is, well, hey, I live in Cape Breton or Nova Scotia or anywhere really. How can, how can you help? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how can a citizen scientist help? And Excuse my whining dog in the crate. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, there, there is still there is still fishing on Clyburn Brook, just not for salmon. You're allowed to fish for brook trout, um, oh, okay. but it's fly fishing only. You know, barbless or pinched barb, single hook, right lots on. of rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. right uh, so. Yeah, we're trying to minimize damage, right? With all still mm-hmm. allowing people to connect yeah. with the ecosystem. Um, yeah, but yeah. if you want to help. Um, we Parks Canada does accept volunteers. So if you are someone who would like to be out on the river helping to count fish in some way, you know, you can sign mm-hmm. up to be a volunteer with any of the Parks Canada sites. Um, as well, if you are visiting really anywhere, a park or anywhere in the world, and you, you know, see and, you know, a fish or a, any other animal or a plant, it doesn't hurt to have iNaturalist on your phone and just document that. You'd be surprised how yeah. much useful data <laughs> can come from just having eyeballs. Really? Wild, really? It's an app called iNaturalist. Yeah, I have it. So that we actually... Put, oh. oh, so it's not just picture taking and information, but it's giving you data. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. William's walking around documenting all the salamanders. Yeah, you know. Know. Gotta start. <laughs> yeah he's, he's yeah downtown Toronto. He's just like, he's just flipping over boulders pigeon. and finding... Uh, <laughs> there's another pigeon. Pigeon. <laughs> well, that's cool. Let's it. put that link that's in the really show cool. notes. Yeah. I didn't know that it aggregated data. Okay, we'll do. We'll put cool. that in the show notes. Okay. Nice. So, oh, there it is. So yeah, people could download that and use it to. You said document things they see when they're out in nature. Yeah, just if you see a plant it. or a bird, just take a picture and upload it, and you know the world of iNaturalist cool. will help you identify it if you're not sure. And then whoever's interested go. can go back and, and mine that data later. I wonder if the Great. iPhone, because iPhone Love has that. has it built into the camera as well. I wonder if that also sends data over. Anyways, that's another conversation. We'll talk tomorrow, Sarah. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this conspiracy. Yeah. It's amazing. Cool. Um, amazing. I love yeah. it. Sarah, you've got the coolest job in the world. I think you have a job that like pretty much every kid has dreamt yeah. of having, um, getting to just kind of take oh, care yeah. of one of the most beautiful places on earth. And, days I can't believe I'm getting do, paid. Do right by. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. Absolutely. It's really cool. And, um, Super yeah, cool. like thanks, uh, thanks so much for coming on mm-hmm. and chatting with us about, uh, about the project and yeah we'd love to definitely have another touch base on it um in the future just to hear how it's going yeah. and um yeah yeah definitely. yeah i mean we are we like we said we met some t- two friends who are guides in how Hal- in just south of halifax and we're gonna go visit them next 
June and we were going to go fish the Marguerite with them. But maybe we'll also (laughs) scoot over to your side. And uh, I would love to see this brook for myself. And honestly, I would love to eat that 12 out what is it 12 hours a week pizza yeah <laughs> yeah yeah oh, yeah, yeah. we'll eat some pizza, pizza and we'll talk about the river it'd be cool yeah if, it'd be really cool i'd love to see if it. you're going to the marguerite you're only a couple hours away so there we go Boom. i mean done i've never been to nova scotia so i'd like to spend a good like more than just a weekend there let's just put it that oh, way oh yeah. yeah you need a weekend anyway. some r- really good whiskey bars over there too so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, there you go. Wow. There you go. This trip is really shaking. <laughs> Salamanders, <laughs> whiskey, pizza, and salmon. Here we Saving go. Saving salmon. I think it's That's, great. <laughs> what more do you need? Shaping up nicely. What more do you need? Mm-hmm. But no, Sarah, <laughs> seriously, thank you. It's, it's you know, yeah. we, we, we talk a lot about conservation on this show, and you're, you know, obviously we can be a sounding board, but, you're you know, it's people like you who are actually doing the work, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. appreciated by... Seriously, be appreciated by you know anglers all 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 over Canada and mm-hmm. and, and the world. I hope yeah. it's definitely appreciated <laughs> by us three. So absolutely. Um, so yes, thanks for coming 100%. on the on the show. And, yeah, my pleasure. And uh, it's so cool. Awesome. Thanks, all right. Sarah. I'll take care. Awesome. Thanks. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the one and only Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination angler with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tight line stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Or head to ffimagazine.com to check out the magazine. That's ffimagazine.com. Today's show is brought to you in part by Chums. Yes, Chums, the makers of fantastic outdoor gear for guides, dirt bags, river rats, and weekend warriors. Chums has been crafting exceptional products since 1983, most notably including their eyewear retainers, which is how they got their start. Many of Chums' products are made in the USA, and they're all designed with adventure in mind. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products, including wallets, bags, phone dry cases, eyewear retainers in all kinds of wicked styles, and much, much more. Every time we hit the water, Chums is right there with us in the form of amazing on-the-water gear, and of course, keeping our sunglasses from sinking to the murky depths of the waters we fish. Head to chums.com to explore sweet stuff, chums.com. Well, that was a great interview with Sarah. Frankie, welcome to the show. Oh, well, thanks for having me, uh, you guys. Uh, here I am, licking the microphone. And of course, if you okay, can't see this, uh, Aldo's got his new pup, Frankie, and you can see her on YouTube, um, but she is on the show right now. Frankie, how was your day? Well, you know, my day was okay, Mitchie. <laughs> I uh, ate a bunch of stuff. Uh, <laughs> he was shaking his head. <laughs> ate a bunch of sticks, uh, <laughs> did a bunch of pooing, and... Uh, <laughs> And yeah, that sounds a lot day. like my day a- too, Frankie. So <laughs> was, I feel you. Uh, Sarah was uh, super cool. That was awesome. Yeah, Sarah's very, very well spoken, very articulate. Yeah, which is great yeah. because you know we, when it comes to this type of podcast, we usually have a thousand questions and we're pinging all over the mm-hmm. place because because they because the, these scientists say things like acoustic tags and we're like. What the is an acoustic tag and we're like how does that work where does it go what does it do so and he almost like can i tag a salamander <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's good when you know people are like but sarah's super cool and the project's amazing and uh you know it's funny because like before we talked to people doing this type of work 
I never, I kind of just like, oh yeah, there's scientists doing stuff. And I never really thought about how DIY it is. Like it's literally someone who's got a bunch of like, you know, training in their heads and and training from school about, you know, like nature and stuff. And they're like, all right, Mm -hmm. there's no fish in the river. There was fish in the river. Why are they gone? And they kind of just like, just like investigator it themselves. And they're doing it very like, it just seems so like lo-fi you know but i mean it's like obviously that's what people do you know what i mean it's yeah. cool yeah. hearing about the hands-on work that people like sarah are doing it's cool so sorry mitch sorry guys passion. can we just pause can we pause two seconds just so i can letter p please go yeah. letter p yeah sorry. oh my god sorry, sorry, don't sorry, sorry. you gotta pee no me and yelma will keep chatting i don't want to chat with you what do you mean you don't want to chat with me i miss you so wait <laughs> i'm sick yelma i have a cold i know what the hell man. i know um but I feel like your your voice is sounding like it's getting better. I feel like My, those <coughs> I antibodies actually, are kicking in. You know what's weird is every day for the last five days has been a different symptom. And I think everybody listening to probably feels, I bet there's a lot of people that feel this because there's a lot of like flus and colds going around right now and like COVID. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of sick people, man. I got it. I got the flu and the cold for the first time in like three years. But um Whatever. Every day has been a different symptom, but it's getting better. Now I have a cough. This is probably the, my favorite ver- my favorite version of whatever bug I've had. Um, yeah, because you're getting better. You're on the mend. I'm on the mend. Yeah. Um, what's uh, what's going on with uh, all the salamander chat? Um, I didn't know yeah. you were such a fan. Yeah, well, I love reptiles, man. Uh, yeah? Amphibians, I, I didn't say. Are they reptiles or amphibians? That's the other thing. They're amphibians, right? <laughs> oh, no, not know, this man. specific. No, but not this specific one because this one I'm just stays sure on land. I'm pretty sure salamander is a freaking amphib. It depends on the species. Sorry, it depends on the... No, uh, salamanders are amphibians for sure, dude. But that one doesn't go in the water. Lizards are reptiles. Do you hear what I just said? Sorry, Liz- y'all. Okay, so think about it, right? We're talking amphibians about salamanders. Go, amphibians oh, go <laughs> water and... Amphibians go water and land. This specific salamander that I find only stays on land, so... Is it an amphibian? When I think all salamanders are amphibians. God's name, my brother in Christ, when have you gone salamander hunting? <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Is the first I'm time a salamander hunter, to... dude. I mean, I don't know. First time I fucking heard of Yoma it. Campbell's salamander hunter. <laughs> I've known this guy for eight years, and I never knew he liked salamanders so much. It's awesome. I love salamanders, too. I think they're great. Yeah, you know? so cute, man. <laughs> um, That's a serious question. When did when? <laughs> I used to camp, I, I used to go to the I used to camp with the uh, the scouts in uh, Halliburton Scout Reserves, and I used to always go find oh, them. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's awesome. Cool. And that, that was how awesome. old were you when you did that, Yama? Man, that was from the age of I believe nine to mm. counselor mm. in training, which is probably about sixteen. Shows you love for the outdoors starts when you're a kid. You know, you were a counselor when you're sixteen for the scouts. Uh, not for the He was scouts. a counselor in training. Counselor, oh, CIT. CIT. Assistant. Never did Assistant finish that to training. the counselor. <laughs> yeah, never finished that training. And <laughs> I became a, became a lifeguard instead. In the, in the oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's good. Yeah, jeez. Okay. Well, yeah. way to show us oh, up. Oh, jeez. Well, okay. Jeez. Oh, I was okay, a, well. I've stocked produce, so. Aldo's a lifeguard, too. And aren't what? you like a, aren't you like a, uh, what a medical person would call us? Paramedic? <laughs> I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs> Did you say me? I'm a paramedic. Like, no, I, like paramedic I, secret, I secretly no. save lives. You moonlight is a paramedic. I said, <laughs> I said Aldo was a li- is a lifeguard, and I said Mitch was a paramedic. No, I wasn't, but um, thank you, Yelma. Mm. No worries, man. Um, almost um, was. Didn't do it, thank God, because I would have lost my mind because <laughs> I am insane. Um, so great show and great show. 
Great show. Um, interesting. I like the idea that yeah, maybe it's not stalking that you know like like it's it's a, it's like an interesting thought experiment for me anyway. That I'm like, oh, I didn't even think that could like happen because you're not just like I don't know milking fish for eggs and then mm-hmm. blindly stalking them. You're you're kind of again trying to fix the root Whatever. problem you can you can yeah exactly you can like band-aid it and fake talk about fake the it. talk about the merits of intervention or whatever and i'm sure people will be like well maybe you shouldn't intervene at all and it's like well true but then you know so it's an interesting well, yeah it's an interesting <coughs> actually again, that's a good, like it's a good question too well i guess the problem is we no, did no, i mean like it's like you have to intervene yeah. because if you don't they're all gonna die so yeah. and we intervened know, which is killing them probably you now know, we're re-intervening to save them from ourselves. Them. That's the trailer. <laughs> um, it's cool when Sarah was talking about how it's the lightest touch, you know, like the lightest mm-hmm. intervention possible to see what, you know, what, what, what's the least amount of work you can do to see mm-hmm. some um, change. It, yeah. Some change. And that's like, Oh, that's cool. You're thinking about that, you know, like, yeah, how to sort of stay out as much as possible. I guess it makes sense, obviously, right? Like let nature do its thing, but gosh, I'm really hoping that, really hoping they see some, some returns. So we've had two podcasts recently, one with Andrew, who's doing the Credit River research. That's right. And I was Sarah and they're both, the projects are both sort of in the stages of let's see what happens. Yeah. They're very close to like, Mm -hmm. yeah, the funding flip and seeing if, you know, getting some, some, some data. Yeah. Like a couple years from now when we're on episode uh, 420 um, we're yeah. gonna we can talk about and see what actually comes of these projects it's gonna be at uh, least one you know episode 169 at least episode 169 um, so it's gonna be good but it will be cool like I definitely want to put a, a face like a, yeah. a, a face to the name of all these places you know like, oh, like totally. Breton and, and et cetera et cetera oh I think it'd be great to go out there and actually do a little video on this you know oh absolutely Sounds with beautiful. Kate and Scott yeah well because we'll they can actually catch fish we'll fish marguerite and then we'll because they can actually catch fish, yeah. Yeah, no, we'll definitely go and hang out with Katie, Kate, and Scotty. I almost yep, said Katie, Katie and Scott. Scott. Scotty and Kate. And then, yeah, do a little film on this and see. I mean, the Cabot Trail would be sick to just, we should just go, we should, like, we should camp on the camp. do the Cabot Trail. Yeah. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, we should go camp on it. That'd be sweet. Um, We, uh, it is December, this is coming out December 15th, but this is, uh, you know, it's November 21st now. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow night in the f- in future world, yeah, December sixteenth is our real case making night. Oh with yeah, Green Tet. tomorrow. So I'm night. stoked. Yeah, it's gonna be tomorrow night. I'm assuming it's sold out because it sounds like an awesome thing to do. Yeah, when is yeah. it? December sixteenth. December sixteenth. Yeah, and so if you're listening to this, you could go to SoFly.ca, the shop, and see if there's tickets. There might be one. And mm-hmm. if there is, just yeah. pick it up and come out tomorrow night because we're going to be making real cases with coup de tay. Um, very exciting. That's that's a very good point. I'm drinking Glenfiddich whiskey. Yeah. Oh, but if you is waited David this long to get a ticket, it's David probably sold out. So you it's know, probably what? sold out. You waited. You waited too long. Yeah, you waited too long. <laughs> so screw you. But then, <laughs> but maybe go see. But hopefully, everybody's you know gearing up for a fun little holiday season. Yeah. You know, just and, the season. And, Put your uh, tree up. When are you putting your trees up? My tree's think- up, man. Your tree's up already? It's yeah. November 21st. My tree's been up for like three weeks. Really? You got to get the money's worth. You know, like we bought that thing. It sits in the basement 11 months of the year. Put it up. Get some lights. But also, Miracle's open. You're working the holiday pop-up bar in Toronto. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, we're raising money for Nelly's Snow Women's outside. Shelter on the on the in the east end of Toronto. It's going really well. Yeah, Christmas is here. The holiday season is here. And yeah, yeah, cool. That was just an awesome show. I had a lot of fun. That was really good. Um, yeah. All right. Well, everybody at home, thanks for listening. And uh, you know, as always, uh, like, comment, and subscribe to everything, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. And uh, yeah, we appreciate your listenership. Uh, that's it for me, Mitch. Aldo. Oh, that's it for me. And Frankie's. Feed off. So this is bye, bye Frankie. Frankie and Yilma. Bye. Everybody listening, thank you so much and take care. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.